welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne, as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Welcome to our 30th, that's 3-0, episode of the Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. I am your host, Alexandros Megas. And I'm your co-host, Vincent Byrne. And uh, today, you know, Vincent, you know those searches, like when you do a Google search and uh, there's like one spot for you to do your search and then there's another box in which you're saying, I'm feeling lucky. Yeah, I don't. I never understood what that meant in terms of the search. But um, this is, as we talked a little bit about that, the topic that uh, I think would be interesting to talk about today. Since today it's uh, it's going to be a shorter segment. It's not going to be um, two and a half hours as per usual. It's going to be only what an hour and a half. <laughs> no, perhaps even forty five minutes. I don't know. Yeah, it'll it'll just feel like three hours. Yeah, that's, that's that's always the case. <laughs> that is always the case, my friend. So, uh, we're talking about the uh, the subject of being lucky, right? Because for most people, there are I think two categories of people that believe that luck is such a thing. And another one that believes that this is superstitious bullshit. So I stand right in the middle of that. <laughs> so what do you think? What do you think about that? Well, it's actually something that uh, like it, it comes up all the time. And uh, when when you mentioned it uh, last week that it was a topic, I thought, yeah, yeah, sounds, sounds good. And, and some of the questions that came up for me since you mentioned it was, you know, what does being lucky mean and can we actually influence it? And I kind of have a feeling that you can influence your view on things and therefore perhaps draw things to you. But the idea of being lucky and going and playing the slots in uh, the one-armed bandits in Vegas, for example, can we influence it to that extent? Or is it that we're just playing the game of life and once we have the right energy going out there and the right attitude, that stuff comes to us that we want and it just feels like it's lucky. So they're the kind of thoughts I had. But I reckon you'd have the definitive ones. <laughs> These are brilliant thoughts, my friend, as per usual. And uh, you're correct. The first thing we would have to define is what does, what does it mean being lucky? When do we feel uh, that we are lucky in our lives? And 
I'd say everyone would agree with the concept of getting what it is that you want. Like if I want A and I get A when I want A, then that's me being lucky, I, su I suppose, right? That's yeah. the only way that I can define it. Um, and the problem is that most people, again, look at me saying most people, the vast majority, vast majority of the people deal with the problem that when they want something, usually that's not the time that they get it or they don't get it at all. And so they would, uh, they would classify themselves as not being, as not being that lucky. Uh, of course, there are the other types, as I've mentioned, a good friend of mine that uh, would get everything opposite to what he wanted, whenever he wanted. And, and that's, I'd like to start with that because I will only talk about what I have experienced myself as I always do. So I will not talk about theories here. I, I'll talk about what I have experienced personally. And, and this is what I've experienced. I used to be, and this is how we test things, right? I used to be in a team a group A that says, well, luck is whatever, it's bullshit. I can't rely on that shit. It's what is it, right? Uh, and if it is, the definition of being lucky by most people is based on the fact that this is accidental. It's, it's, it's random and uh, it's arbitrary. So it, there's no design, there's no system to it, right? So I used to subscribe to that theory many years ago. And here's the interesting part. Because I subscribed to that theory, I would dismiss anything that came in positively within my world uh, as I wanted it. I would dismiss that as, ah, whatever, you can't, I will not, uh, you know, pay attention to this. I will not celebrate. This is luck. It's just, you know, whatever. It's a glitch in the matrix. So, so, so the, um, so if something came into your world, unless you could explain it, you, you kind of dismissed it. So if you worked hard for something and you earned money and you bought something and you, all of that, that was okay. But if something kind of fell into your lap without seemingly have to do that, where some people would say that it was lucky, you dismissed it. Is that, that the distinction? Yes. And, yeah. and by virtue of uh, dismissing it, of course, I would never be able to have a firm grasp of what it takes for something to occur in our lives. Like what, what how... What is the function of that, right? What is the mechanics of, of getting something to happen in our lives and it being exactly what we want it to happen and looking as if we didn't do anything to earn it? So if I'm making any sense right now, what would happen in my life is something would happen, something cool, something like, oh, I love that. And then I would... Because my conditioning was such, I would be trained to dismiss it. I wouldn't even celebrate it. I would be even afraid to celebrate that occurrence because, you know, I didn't 
earn it. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, and and so I would say now because of that, uh, this kind of happenstance would happen very rarely and so it would that that would reinforce the fact that this was just a coincidence it was uh, arbitrary it was an accident uh, but then as I started right after I started being involved uh, with hypnosis hypnotherapy uh, and started then to take deeper, dives into the realm of the mind, uh, including shamanic practices and ma ancient magical practices and things like that, and understanding the approach that the ancients had uh, on events like that, on what happens, what governs life, uh, I started to test this kind of stuff myself. And the more I started to test this kind of stuff, the more I would be wowed by stuff that I would see, like the results. Results would come in some, almost some, predictably. Some of the majority and those of those results people. would be the results <laughs> that I had wished for. Uh, and of course, that had to do, of course, you're going to ask, so what is done mechanics? As we start to talk about everything that we have talked about, it would be easy to, to realize, to understand that our conditioning is largely responsible for how our life unfolds. The events within our life uh, unfold. Because it would be easy to, to understand that everything we do, every act is influenced by our subconscious mind that is influenced by our programming that is influenced by not our higher self, by not who we're meant to be, by not who, came, who we came here to be, but who we were molded to be by outside circumstances. Does this make sense? Yeah, yeah. The moment I started realizing that, I started backpedaling, I started uh, reviewing all the ways in which I was doing things wrong. And by wrong, I mean, adhering to my conditioning, which is what? If, let's say, if you grew up in a household where your parents told you, oh, all this is don't, it's fantasy, it's bullshit, this is coincidence, this is, you know, whatever, this is uh, just your imagination, it's just your imagination, uh, then you would be more likely to dismiss this kind of stuff. The more you dismiss this kind of stuff, what do you do? The more you instruct your subconscious mind that anything that resembles this kind of um, uh, mechanics is to be dismissed, is to not be believed as something serious, as something real, and therefore uh, do not replicate it. Because this is a, you giving your computer, you giving your... Um, motherboard an instruction you're giving them uh, a command so the more you mold your behavior towards the person that you want to be which is to say the more you shift your conditioning 
to be what was drilled into you rather than what you wish yourself to be. The more you start seeing the, the, the actual representation of what it feels like how the, the relationship, the correlation between your conditioning, your belief systems and what ends up happening. Okay. So, so we go from the place where being lucky is as it's typically uh, referred to, um, in society, societally generally has been something that happens and you've no influence over it and it's just coincidence and it's just out of the blue and it just you were just lucky that it happened to you. So we go from that place, which therefore is very easy to dismiss. So we go from that place to a place where things that, like with this new knowledge, you started to realize that Actually, even though it looks random, I did have an influence over it because of how I was thinking and how I was behaving and because of the energy I was putting out. So now it moves from a case where it's not just some kind of random event that has happened because of nothing. It's now it, it now um, is happening because or you realize that it's now happening because of something that you have done or something you've taught or some energy that you've put out. And therefore, rather than luck being a spontaneous occurrence, it's actually something that is the result of what it is that you're doing and how you're living and the messaging and the energy that you're putting out there. That's right. And that's, I love how you, you always sum it up perfectly, <clears throat> which always, as I've said uh, repeatedly, is so necessary, my friend, because many times I can't even monitor what comes out of my mouth. It's just, I'm channeling. <laughs> All right. So, yes, exactly. And uh, the interesting part here is that the more we do this, it becomes a habit. Now, imagine this. Being lucky is a habit. Wow. It's a skill, isn't it? Yes. Of course, it's a skill. And what is a skill? The skill is uh, a, a, an act or a series of actions that have been performed enough times to form a habit. Yeah. A skill is, is, is a subconscious trait. Yeah. So therefore, you can, once you accept that and understand that it's something that can be trained through repetition and through following um, practice, you can actually then call upon that skill and use it whenever you want. And that put, as we've talked before about manifesting and creating magic, that's what we're doing here. We're, we're, we're recognizing that luck and things that seem lucky. We're recognizing them as being things that we have actually had an influence over. And then we, then we move to a place where we're consciously deciding to create some luck or to manifest something or to do some magic. Absolutely. If we say that, and of course we said that before, everyone is a magician, every single person on earth is a magician. It's just that they were trained so well to create magic that doesn't work for them. 
create mm. what I call shit magic, right? The magic that doesn't help you. It's magic that goes against you. And of course, we don't consciously know that we're doing that. Of course we don't, because otherwise we would be insane to do that. But because we're following programming that we think is just as it should be. Same shit, different day, right? Money doesn't grow in trees. What do you think? I am a bank. Who do you think you are? So, so then everyone is, I would say then, based on what I just said, everyone is unlucky by design. Not everyone, but you know, most people, most people in the everyday world are unlucky by design, which means that they have taken responsibility over manifesting what they accepted in their hearts and in their minds as the truth. Even if they don't realize that that's what they're doing. Yes, of course, because you're responsible about what you create, regardless of whether or not you're consciously aware of it. Let's take, for example, a serial killer. You, you might say, oh, they don't know what they're doing. They, they don't understand the concept of how evil they're being. Now, you might say that. But are they still responsible for their actions? Uh, yeah. We don't dismiss their actions just because uh, we might um, adhere to the fact that, oh, they didn't know it. They didn't mean, <laughs> they didn't mean to cook this guy's head and eat it. So uh, we are then responsible. If we agree upon the fact that we are responsible for what we create, whether that we create, what we create is um, serving us or not, then all it takes is just turn the tables, start shifting that perspective. Because as far as I'm concerned, anyone who is a thinker, they can see within their lives that if it's not working, it must be something that I'm doing wrong. And that, that is the concept of taking responsibility. Mm your life so if i'm you know it's like uh, anything else right if i'm trying to uh, if i am uh, trying to fix my car you know the engine and and it's just not it's just not happening you know i've been trying for like a month now to fix that thing and it's just not starting up i have to take responsibility for that like, oh, that car is a piece of shit you know <laughs> right because there's there's got if there's a mechanical issue it must be my doing. It must be my uh, <laughs> responsibility for not knowing exactly how to fix that thing. Yeah. So if that's the case, then we could say, we could argue that uh, we have to start tracing our steps. We have to start doing things in a way that is different from what we had been doing all along. And getting no result, no getting negative results. I mean, you always get results, yeah. <laughs> but most people get the results they don't want. But even, but even then, though, like we would have got positive results too. It's just that we wouldn't have recognized them as being stuff that we influenced. We just would have said, "Oh, that was good luck. That was bad luck." And it was more down to external influences or just spontaneity. Um, rather than the recognition of our influence. So, and presumably at times, yeah, we would have created positive things, but we just didn't know we were doing it. That's right. And, and 
as we said, the fact that we didn't know what we were doing can urge us to further dismiss any occurrence like that, which makes it to be what? A lot more rare. Because mm -hmm. whatever you bring into your life, you accept as a new rule, your mind gets instructed. Oh, we like this is good. We like that. Okay, we'll bring more of that in. I mean, have you, of course you have, noticed how uh, when we're having relationship problems, you know, people say, uh, I always attract the wrong campers. Why are all the assholes coming into my life? Yeah, exactly. Why are they, right? I mean, this is a, this is a choice. And there is something in us, and Lord knows I've been there, that uh, will keep on attracting, this is our luck, we keep on attracting the situations that we adhere to emotionally, the situations that we accept as truths about ourselves or about other people. And the more we accept those, the more commands we create for the inner computer to, to duplicate these results. Right? This is what happens when you accept something as the truth. If you say, oh, life sucks. Life sucks, then you die. That's another good one. I love that. Life mm. sucks, then you die. <laughs> if you accept that as your new axiom, then what happens? Then this is your new truth. That's your truth. And then because this is your truth, your inner computer is going to go out there and replicate any or as many events as it can to prove to you that indeed, my friend, life sucks and then you die. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I would have um, experienced that like you attract certain types of people. And then when I started to become conscious of it um, and just changing my behaviors and changing some of my awareness around the people that I was attracting in and decided with some that, no, this wasn't what I wanted. Um, then other people started to show up who started to be more in line with people that you wanted to attract. Um, so I suppose I got it on that level, but I, I still saw that as being probably more of a, I can see what I'm doing. I, I probably didn't accept until later. It, like this, it's in retrospect that I'm, I'm, making this comment that my energy changed, my outlook changed, my expectation and my behavior changed. So it was only in, in retrospect that I was able to certainly look back in those situations and say, uh, I definitely was putting out something different to therefore attract something different. Um, I thought it was just my, let's say my mechanical behavior at the time, if you know, um, so, you know, the recognition that this would also apply to attracting money or attracting the right job. I mean, I think people um, see that as a bit of a stretch. If for a certain amount of time I do something and I get the opposite results of the results that I am going for, uh, I 
am willing to, to, like I said, backpedal and start either tracing my steps or engage in any activity that feels at all reasonable to me, even if it's not, when I say reasonable, I put that in, quote, in quotation marks because <laughs> none of that stuff is reasonable as far as I'm concerned. Right? The reasonable, it's not within the, the realms of reason for the most part because reason is the conscious mind's uh, home. And all this stuff does not come out of the conscious. The conscious mind just observes this stuff. Yeah. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't affect it. But the conscious mind thinks that it does. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Always. And that's one of the huge problems. Because it has then convinced us that... Oh, no, it, it hasn't. The society in which we live and our conditioning... Uh, has us convinced that uh, the conscious mind is God. Yeah. Uh, logic is, you know, whatever it is. Because, and and I'll, sh I'll give an example of why that happens, of why this is true. Because 200 years ago, 300 years ago, 500 years ago, if you said, or, you know, going back to my ancestors, you know, a couple thousand years ago, and you said that, well, you know, I need to uh, embark on a new journey. Uh, I need to, to have this happen for me. And, and I'm going to go to the Oracle of Delphi um, to get advice, you know, to, to, to get a, a reading or whatever you would call that. And that was extremely down to earth thing to do. Right? Yeah. And today you're half crazy or naive mm -hmm. to to think like that. Why? Well, are you smarter? No. This isn't like you didn't you're not extracting that out of any uh personal evidence. Of course, the evidence you have is the evidence you were given and tested over and over again. And what's that? that all this is superstition and bullshit. So if all of this is superstition and bullshit, this is your instruction to the subconscious mind. And this is what you get to reflect on and create day in and day out. See, this mm. is, in my experience, the biggest lie and the biggest trick that the mind has, has played on us because of our conditioning, right? It's that... Things are this way or they are that way. They are A or they are B. And, and it's not an accepted form of concept to say that things are not either A nor B, but they become so as you think of them one way or another. So, which is to say that perhaps if you started being open to what we call living a magical life, then you are more open to things that seem miraculous occurring in your life. Yeah. But but if you from the get go, you know, it's like ah, miracles are bullshit. There's no such thing as miracles, <laughs> right? Well, if you are that kind of person, and you do believe yourself to be creative, then what are you creating? See. I think ultimately the problem is that people don't, most people don't believe they are creators. Yeah. They believe they I, are, they are, uh, uh, I'm sorry to hold that thought. 
they believe they are subjected to some external design and they respond to that. They believe they are just responders to what's happening, but they're not creating what's happening. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, that's that's the premise of and we've we've often talked about it. That's the premise of um, of control. I mean, because other people wanted to control us, they told us stuff that suggested that we needed to rely on them. And that's the way even a lot of, um, you know, obviously we had religions operating like that. We have the medical profession operating like that. We've got lots of people who claim to be experts and they're set up in order to uh, essentially disempower us. So we don't have the power to cure ourselves. We don't have the power to create. And because of that, that gives a lot of people a lot of jobs um, that they wouldn't otherwise have. And it also keeps us subjugated, I suppose, um, in a way that suits people who want to control us. So uh, what I find interesting is that there are a lot, I know lots of people who, who like to go to, to have sessions with fortune tellers and uh, who want to go and have, you know, said, okay, that's the equivalent of the Oracle um, or to go and um, speak to someone who might be uh, interested in uh, or, or, or be a specialist in astrology. And they will go and they will come back and they'll talk about the interesting stuff that they heard. But then there's a very strong um, bias within them, which says that was really interesting and that was kind of coincidental and they kind of got that right. But, you know, it's not really something that's real and, and it's a bit of entertainment. And then there's other people who swear by it and they will go every month and they'll have their session with their astrologer or their fortune teller or whatever. So there's something inherent in us, which I think draws us to that. But we're still, because of the conditioning, quick to uh, dismiss it and not even talk about it too loudly just in case someone thought you were insane. See, I, I'm somewhere in the middle when it comes to those, those things. In other words, this I don't subscribe to handing your life and your trust over to another being completely, right? So uh, a lot of people that have this kind of inclination because they are fascinated, uh, as they should be, you know, by the occult and all this, because it's just really <laughs> fun stuff. Why do you think most of the shows, the TV shows, and, and definitely like the vast majority of all the children's shows, interesting, isn't it, are shows that deal with magic with the hmm. occult right yeah what i don't get that at all how is that right how is that appropriate for children but completely bullshit and inappropriate for adults how does yeah. that happen i don't get it so uh personally i believe we are sovereign beings which means we do get to control at least a lot of that stuff, if not all of it, okay? So when you go to an astrologer, the astrologer says, oh, this is what's going to happen. You were, your path involves this and you're meant to do that and you're going to do that and that's going to happen in six months. And you're like, 
oh shit, I better prepare, you know, and then you you surrender to that entirely. Um, you're not far off from the person who's just going to go to the government and be like, uh, uh, government, uh, daddy, what should I do now? Should I, should I go to the bathroom? Should I wait? What should I do with my child? How should I teach my children? Uh, please tell me, because I'm a fucking moron, you know, and I don't, I don't trust me to do things that people have done for thousands and thousands of years before me, right? So you have to be able to, to step somewhere, uh, ultimately get instruction by all these events and understand uh, where it serves you to take a step back and listen and where it serves you to start developing your intuition, your inner guide, and uh, make moves that are meant to strengthen that creative part within you. And the more you strengthen that, of course, the more you can trust that. Then it becomes uh, a, a magnet that attracts things that you want. Because we are energy, right? I mean, this is not woo-woo. We are all energy. We're just and everything is energy. Everything is. Yeah. So if we imagine that we're cold, say we're outside and it's very cold and we are freezing, right? What are you going to attract yourself to? Any element that can bring you warmth, right? So yeah. that's, is that woo woo? No. You, so instantly, because of your predisposition of being cold, you are only, you're not going to be attracted to something that's going to make you cold. Right? Otherwise, you're insane. So you're going to be attracted to something that can give you uh, the sensation of warmth. You know, a fire. You know, whatever. Mm. Uh, you know a raccoon. Yeah. Um, whiskey. A whiskey. <laughs> Most definitely, if you like it. Uh, so in the same sense, I mean, this is, a very, I think, a very simplistic way of, of uh, um, explaining what is largely known as uh, the law of attraction. So that which you are predisposed to experience, uh, you end up drawing to you or you repel. And, and that, so, the, so then based on that, the actual task is to find out why and what it is within you that attracts things that you say you don't want. So based on that, that is the real work. The real work is to find out what in you has created mechanisms that allow for things to come into your life that you don't want. And then when you find those mechanisms, when you find those programs, tweak those programs to, to reverse their effect, to have them- so in yeah. a practical way, how would you go about doing that? Well, I'll tell you, that's actually a good, uh, that's a good segue, because I was going to talk about something pra uh, as practical as a talisman. People love talismans. And the reason why they love them is because they feel that those things somehow uh, represent 
a mechanism that can manufacture or help manufacturing things draw in like a, a special kind of magnet if you will to draw in the things that they want mm. you know be it protection or uh, luck you know prosperity and uh, and health and things like that so there are i mean people wear crosses you know i mean we, of course for a lot of people that's just a fashion statement i guess you might say but also for a lot of people that is an element of uh, I don't know, protection. Protection, well, yeah. yeah. Protection is what comes up for me. Is that? Yeah. So you could either start building items like that or go seek out uh, items that already exist. You know, a, a talisman is just like, a, or, or should I say, getting a piece of art. Like my art is the, the kind of art that I created for myself. Right? That was my a series of talismans that I created because they were a guiding, an, an angelic, if you will, a guiding um, visual representation of what made me uh, feel good about my life every time I gazed onto those things. So they would change my mood. They would change my uh, my idea of a mundane moment they told me that there's no ordinary moments in life that every moment is a new opportunity to turn things around because you can turn the way you feel around if you can turn the way you feel and the way you feel is how your subconscious acts then it is safe to say that if you change the way you feel you change your programming you can't that's this is the method that uh changes your programming right and this is what all the functions that we've talked about be it affirmations or meditation or anything like that this is what they're devised to do everything out there are all these things are tools that we can use to shape and reshape how we feel about things, how we mm. feel about ourselves, how we feel about life in general. And this is reshaping the subconscious mind programming, our conditioning, to become uh, a function of something that serves us rather than a function of something that uh, is a pain in the ass. But if you're, if you're, if you're going to deconstruct the behavior which is giving you this outcome that you don't want what's the best way to, to to go about doing that the way you feel everything everything resides this is like this is the as far as i'm concerned the what they call the philosopher's stone the way you feel if you manage and this is the highest alchemy, the highest magic. If you manage to be in perfect spirits, no matter what's happening on the outside, this is your ticket to opening any door. Okay. So there's no need to, uh, as it were, to, to go back and actually deconstruct what you're doing 
Like if you take, for example, the story that you told and meant, alluded to just earlier, where you're attracting the wrong people for you. Are you saying that in order to deal with that, you you uh, you didn't actually deconstruct the situations that led to that? Instead, you looked at yourself and you said, what, a, what am I projecting and how am I feeling? And therefore, what am I projecting? That is, is attracting these people. And therefore, if I change the way I feel about myself and within myself, then I'm going to attract different people. So is that what you did? I did. I did a bit of both, actually. Okay. So uh, the first thing, well, first I had to realize that I'm the one that's responsible here, right? Yeah. Because they, I, if you don't realize that, then you don't, you don't, you don't go anywhere from that point on. Because if you're not the source of it, if you are the victim of a situation, you cannot correct that mm. unless you become the creator. So uh, I realized that in a series of relationships that, as I've said before, I baptized relationships, I found out that the common denominator was me because these people came out of all kinds of walks of life. This isn't like a specific type of person, <laughs> mm. you know, that I was attracted to. And every time something would happen, uh, it would be horrible. No, yeah. I found out that I, I was the common denominator. So if I'm the common denominator, if I'm the one that is bringing into my life people that I don't need and people that help me create experiences that don't serve me, uh, then I should be the one who starts making uh, the moves in order to create a different point of attraction. Yeah. And of course, you do that. Like I said, the tools are many. First, you have to have the basic. And I mean, I would suspect that whoever is uh, uh, experiencing, listening or watching our podcast would be the kind of person that has the inclination to find out how to change their lives because they know that they can. So... As far as we're concerned, this is we're, we're preaching to the choir when it comes to that particular fact. Uh, after that, what we do, ultimately, this is why I mentioned that before. If we need to, if you need to know, uh, if you're making the right moves at any given point, if you need to know if what you're doing is working or if what you're doing is correct, monitor how you feel on mm. any given. Uh, moment do you feel excited today i woke up excited yesterday i woke up excited again the day before and a week before i woke up excited <laughs> now that gives me an indication that this is something that i am building here i'm causing that to happen because it's not like you know if you wake up excited about life uh, two weeks in a row, that can't be a coincidence. Well, once again, coincidence is is actually a magical moment. You, you see, the, the, the linguistic programming has coincidence to be bullshit. Oh, it just happens, an accident. That's not what a coincidence is, right? So it's not an accident. It's not random. It's not arbitrary. The more you find yourself 
feeling a specific way, a particular way, on a day-in and day-out basis, the more you realize that you are shifting your perspective towards life, towards yourself, yeah. towards what you want, and towards what you don't want. Um, yeah. So if you're if you're consistently uh, pointing to the things that you don't have and allowing the recognition of those things or lack of things to bring you down and get you you sad and you know if you're carrying that kind of mood and you're critical and and all of that then then what you're going to bring in and the people that you're going to bring in are people that are going to um essentially validate that feeling they're going to help give you more of that feeling is that that fair and then when you when you are excited and and you're you're looking forward to life and you're even on a day-to-day -day basis you're living the small things in a way where you're expressing gratitude and you're um conscious of feeling happy about even the small stuff then you're going to bring into your life experiences and people that are going to give you more of that exactly because That's the essence of it yeah because because you are this this isn't uh, once again this isn't some woo woo shit okay let let me once again break it down it actually makes sense it actually does make sense yeah there's a practical aspect yeah. to it yeah. Yeah. yeah you know what i mean it's, it's because like for example this is the basis of you know they say like the the five people that you spend time uh are the the sum total of uh, uh of the behavior of the energy of the five people you spend most of your time with uh are is what what you're becoming so yeah. uh and uh, as i think we've discussed that one time before the the funny part about this is that everyone everyone will gravitate towards the lowest common denominator <laughs> you know so within those five people you you might have four of them that are a like kick-ass individuals like all about um progress and and evolution and and creativity and all this kind of stuff and be one person that is co cohesively uh, a, a standard part of the group right doesn't it doesn't just come in and go right it's mm. part of the group over time all four that are the kick-ass individuals will gravitate <laughs> towards the mood of the one downer because okay. it's gravity you see the lighter people uh are forced to to come down it's it, it's like if you are uh if you're just climbing a mountain you know like uh, a mountain and you you're just rock climbing or whatever it is you're holding the rope and then another two people jump on <laughs> on your back as you're doing that right i mean you're more likely to start going down now yeah. either out of fear or because you just can't take the the weight or you just fuck it you just lose your momentum so and this is why i believe you are uh creating um a, what do you call that a master something mastermind <laughs> mastermind <laughs> yes now those are brilliant mm. they, they are brilliant because Within, it's like putting like-minded, like-minded souls, like-minded um, 
individuals, human beings, that all gravitate towards a common goal, which is evolution, which is excellence, which is uh, prosperity, which is progress, uh, uh, which is wisdom, you know, all these things. Uh, power, personal power, discipline, uh, all noble concepts that if we are sitting there by ourselves, we're more, way more likely to deviate and be like, oh, fuck it, that's just, <laughs> this is too hard. I'm just, just going to have a beer, fuck it. But if you're sitting there with, you know, all these other people that uh, at any given moment, any of them could have a, a day like that, be like, oh, fuck, this is too hard, man, I can't do it. Then, you know, the majority of the rest of them will be like, dude, no, what the fuck? Is it, you need help? What kind of help do you need? I'll help you out. What is it? What do you yeah. need? You, you want to talk? Do you want you want a website created? <laughs> you want whatever? You know, because these people are in, on the same boat. So if you if you let's, let's say that uh, you're rowing a boat like a big one of those like ancient Greek <laughs> kind of boats that they would go to war with, you can't have you're not gonna have one person or two in there. But dude, I don't feel like doing the work, man. You know, it's just not going to happen, right? Because either someone will beat the shit out of them or they will be uh, urged. They will be inspired. Because that's the inspired action that you see everyone around you taking. And you don't want to be the asshole. So you realize that if all these people do these things, they do them, they can do them. Hmm. Why can't I? Of course I can. And And you have everyone else confirming that too. So... That's a little and, bit. And, and that, yeah. in a practical sense, I mean, that's exactly the experience of the groups. The, the, they will say that um, the value is there. They wouldn't have appreciated it. But in particular, when they look back over a period of months and they talk about what they've achieved, a lot of them, when they're going through it, don't actually realize they're doing it. But then they look back and say, well, six months ago when I started this, I was here and now I'm here. My income has improved my I'm getting better customers I'm making more money or whatever the, the thing would be but they will all say that they have benefited from it and not in a real practical way not just that it's a place to meet every month or uh, or you know to have a chat so th there is definitely that it's like all all the boats rise together um on, on the particular tide so uh, yeah that makes sense and, you know, there, there's one more thing about this. You see, it's not just monitoring the progress, which is easy to do. But one thing that's not easy to do is realize that they probably wouldn't have done any of that had they not been part of that group. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's a little more tricky to, to accept. That, yeah. yes, of course, you made all the steps, but you wouldn't have made shit. If that, if it wasn't for that conglomerate, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a, the mastermind is a big, massive mind. Now, that's another way of actually putting it. Instead of saying mastermind, it's a massive mind. Because that's what it feels like to me. And the, the other piece as well, which is also difficult to monitor, is that everybody actually changes. They change in themselves. So their behaviors change and things that they would have been hesitant about doing before 
and they come into the group and they hear other people have actually done it and they start telling them how they did it and how they got over their you know particular fears or uh, issues around having a go themselves you find that people start doing things they never would have done before so there's also a, a personal growth side side to it too of course so thank you for that segment of advertising for my up and coming mastermind <laughs> oh of course that was that was no plan it just came to mind no. because what we're talking about is relevant so being lucky therefore is a function of our doing and yeah. and some people seem to you know and and that's how a lot of these things have been created uh, a lot of these mindsets uh, because you know you see some people just sitting there being a dumbass and then shit happens to them that is you know really cool and, and so the other people who are doing the work and, and not get the results that they want they're like well you know see do you see this, this person is doing nothing and good shit's happening to them i'm doing all the work and shit's happening to me uh, so it must not be blah 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 but really there are a lot of people that are happy-go-lucky as individuals. You know, you don't, there is a, there is a certain um, misconception here that you need, to, you need to struggle in life. Mm. You need to strive for things, right? Uh, and if you Struggling don't- Struggling do, artist being yeah, the right, exactly. archetype. Which I never subscribe to, by the way, uh, because, you know, that's bullshit. <laughs> I would rather be the, the non-struggling successful artist and, and yeah. that's I had that mindset from the from the get-go it's another mindset it's another part of your conditioning if you think that if you're not stressing enough if you're not striving if you're not just really grinding your bones together to make something happen then you're not doing it right right that's yeah. that's not this is actually I would say, a horrible way to live your life. You start. It should be. It yeah. should be easy. It should be right. easy. Yeah, and it's easy. By easy, you're saying yes. It's totally easy, but it's not. It's not simple. Yeah. Uh, in the sense that you have to accept that you can sit here and be and, and look at the mountain up there and be like. Dude, that's a, there's no way I'm just going to get up there, <laughs> right? And, and, and you start lamenting. You start lamenting the, the consequence of gravity that has you be where you are right now, uh, as opposed to being, you know, up at the top of the mountain. Instead of saying, wait, I could perhaps go up one meter or foot. You know, like yeah. we just cover like a global kind of scenario here. Uh, <laughs> when it, if you can, if I can climb, you know, this much, uh, you know, at any given point, every five minutes, right? Uh, I will find myself pretty high up there in no time. The problem is that if I sit here and agonize about how hard it is to get up there, uh, I am building and rebuilding that wall that prevents me from being where I need to be, where I want to be. And this is the myth that has held most people back from uh, 
changing their lives. Oh, it's too hard. Oh, it's too late. Oh, it's too whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, I get it, yeah. I'm too old. I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm too fat. I'm too ugly. <laughs> I'm too clumsy. I'm too stupid. You know what? Everything, our condition is malleable. We are shaping and reshaping our lives every moment. Like it's, it's even it's even a scientific fact that every seven years, right? None of our cells in our body are the same. They've all mm. changed, which is quite literally saying I'm not even the same person physically. This I'm not who I was seven years ago as a physical entity. I am someone else. So even in, if on that level, the change is inevitable, why shouldn't I make that change be the change that serves me rather than be the change that is random, that is arbitrary, that is accidental. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna sit here and see what happens, you know? <laughs> right? Which is what most people do. I'm just gonna, it's gonna say, fate, that's another thing, you know? It's like, oh, it's fate. You know, even if you are spiritually inclined, and of course I'm Greek and, Greeks were very heavy on the validity of fate. But whether or not you have certain proclivities, certain inclinations as a, as a soul that has incarnated on this plane, you always have the, the drivers, the, the, you know, the wheel in your hands, always. You yeah. know what I mean? Because fate could put you on a really rough terrain, right? Uh, put you on like uh, one of those like uh, mountain roads. That's to me, that's fate. Hmm. But then it's up to you and the vehicle that you're driving to not only handle that, not only make it happen, not only go the distance, but even make it fun, you know? Because if you look at it as, oh, you know, rough terrain, I'm just going to four-wheel that motherfucker. So, you know, it's, it's <laughs> you know, Jeep or whatever. You know, you make it something, you turn it into an adventure. You take something and you, you turn it into something else. This is, this is the concept of creation. This is why we're all creators, right? I know that as a creator of art and music and, uh, you know, things like that. But everyone, even if you're a plumber, it's like it, it doesn't. This kind of stuff doesn't come easily to people that don't have, a, you know, a traditionally um, in, uh, creative uh, occupation. So they tend to not think that they are creators. They're creating their lives. But nothing could be further from the truth. I am creating, you know, if I'm here today and I'm somewhere else entirely in a year, then I've created that. And I can yeah. also create the opposite effect. And we're creating our own luck along the way. Absolutely. Quite literally. The more you adhere to uh, the good stuff that works, the more you adhere to what works, the more you celebrate it, the more you pat yourself on the back for making one single step that produce results and be like, dude, kick ass. Look, what do you do with your kid, right? Isn't that what you do with your kid? 
Like, I do that with my daughter. Good job, baby. Holy shit, you're so smart. Yeah. You're so capable. You're so strong. You're so whatever. Why? We do that, we reinforce the subconscious conditioning. The subconscious is a child in and of itself. We do the same shit. The subconscious gets happy. The subconscious being happy will give you happy shit. Will give you things for you to be happy about. It wants to do more of the stuff that makes it feel like that. Absolutely. And that's new conditioning. I know we said this was gonna be a short. (laughs) (laughs) So we're gonna wrap up now. Yeah. And And, uh, so what's your final word? My final word is do not be victimized by your luck. Be the creator of your luck. Thank you for inspiring that uh, talk. And um, as always, thank you for your contribution, which is massive, massive mind. (laughs) And uh, thank you for the free advertising. Hey, everyone should... uh, step into Vincent's mastermind because he's got the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) yes, let's do it, man. This is it. Our 30th. This was uh, speaking of celebration. I'm going to go and drink two bottles of single malt whiskey. No, I'm not going to do that. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who uh, might get something out of this. And I hope you do. And uh, until next Wednesday, Let's be careful out there. And don't let your mind kill you. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week.